you know, for my favorite brewery, things like that. And should have told me I would have joined you if it was beer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, well, but the point being, the more elastic the spend use case, right? Yeah. The higher the market reach, the easier it is to onboard non-crypto natives. And there's a direct correlation between token spend and elasticity and token value appreciation. And, you know, to your earlier point, how do we get more projects to start thinking along those lines beyond just the core native use case? Like Akash, for example, you know, those of us that are invested, you know, that are involved in the ecosystem, yes, we understand the value, but the average Joe is not looking to spin up a node. <laughs> you know, you go to a college yeah, campus, yeah, no, no, you go to course. a journalism school, they're not even, they might work their cell phones, but they, they're not techies, you know, they're just people, okay, I get the token, now what? And we, okay, well, you can stake it, then what? Mm, you can LP it, then what? Hubba, hubba, hubba. So yeah. it gets so, into this, you know, when I say, how do they diversify their spend use cases to your point, perhaps that's going to be the next and taking that Binance example, I think that might be the next evolution in addition to UI UX being the next big thing, because right now the cognitive load for web three is pretty high and we need to bring it down to lower the barrier for people to enter positions, whether as a user in whatever the case is comfortably without needing to spin up a command line interface to do different things. So, so my, my position here is um, I think that when it comes to token design, there is a bit of a duality. Um, mm -hmm. And what, what I mean here is, and I, I've had this problem, like, like I've woken up with this problem for the majority of the last two years, right? Because the duality of token design that is in my head right now is how do we design our system involving this token? Because what we can do is do you need the token in order to access even the very fundamentals of the system that we've developed, which mm. obviously then it is a, it, it serves doubly as this gatekeeping mechanism, which means no token, no entry, right? You cannot participate, whether it's a protocol or anything else, which is obviously a hindrance to mass adoption, or do we approach this with there are various benefits of being a you know token holder or this token gives you additional things in the system that we're building right so mm. th that's one thing that i want to say um i definitely do believe that i i have a huge issue like what you just mentioned a second ago like what can you do with the token well you can stake it and it's like so but what do you mean by staking because you know this is this is so problematic because we've taken staking like as an industry we've taken staking what it used to mean is you are securing a proof of stake or a delegated proof of stake network, right? Like you are actually, you are the, the beginning of the funnel for block validation, essentially, right? Oh. And which is super important. And right now it basically means, well, you stake your token, so you lock it up. Okay, but why do I do that? Because you get more token. It's like, ah, okay. <laughs> cool like exactly. you know, and that's that's that that's where that's where my issue is it, like like if, if it's like that's actually something like not not to like i don't want to shill angel block or anything like if anybody listening wants to check it out be my guest but that's one thing that we did like when we were looking at our protocol and like obviously like we're, we're doing a, a pretty big thing which is like we want to be the native infrastructure for how 
fundraising is conducted in, in, in crypto, right? Like we just think it's a very problematic space the way it's done right now. Um, and when we were designing staking, like in, in the beginning, we're like, should we do a staking? It's like, but like I, I voiced my concerns very early. Like, I just don't want it to be, you know, like, oh my God, million APY, just don't sell my token. Like, because I, I just think it's BS. Like, yeah. I know people made money on this, but like, I, I can't be a part of something I don't believe in, right? Like, maybe it sounds trivial. Maybe it sounds, you know, infantile, but like, I just don't care about that stuff. And when we designed the system, it's, we treated you know, this cross section of community members, investors, startups, like it is a network, even though we're built on Ethereum, like the protocol is a network in and of itself. So if we look at staking as a way of securing that network, what's some of the cool stuff that we can do, right? And that's when we spun up this idea of validators and validators actually have, they have like, it's not going to be a full-time job, but there's obviously going to be people that take it to, you know, full-time job extents, just like running nodes or being a validator. People treat it as a full-time job these days or being a miner. I've seen some hardcore validators. Yeah. Like they yeah, exactly. So that, that, that's where I'm coming from. It's like, I don't want this to be a full-time job for someone, but I also do realize that there might be enough at stake where it might be profitable to, for someone to, to have this be their full-time job. And we're actually talking with a few VCs, some of the people that we like working with about coming on as being validators, because we want them to be performing a lot of the, the, the due diligence for new startups that are being onboarded. Because at the end of the day, you know, we're just like a 27 person team, right? And one of the blockers like, we can't be Uniswap because in Uniswap, everyone is just, you know, import contract address, right? And we can trade Ooh. a new shitcoin. Like we can't do that. Like there's, there's, there's regulatory aspects and we're only 27 people, but we also don't want to be a blocker for automation and decentralization. So that's why we have this entire system of delegators, validators, angel block DAO to kind of, you know, decentralize and autonomize the process yeah. and basically have them get a bigger piece of the pie when it comes to staking, because they're actually doing something, yeah. you know, and there's a mechanism. Like if you are trying to play the system, you get slashed as a validator from your stake, right? Because you're trying to be a bad actor. You're trying to, you know, make this protocol work in a way that it wasn't designed to. You're trying to yep. cheat someone out of money at the end of the day, right? So like, I definitely am proud of that system because at the end of the day, like I would hate to just be like, you know, hey, they're staking, get more token for, you know, yeah. like whatever. See, I'm, for me, I'm a, I'm what I call a governance maxi in terms of mm. <laughs> you need adults in the room, you know, yeah. because you can't control what you can't measure. And, the, you know, measurement and control is only a function of those who are involved. You know, here are the rules of engagement. Right. It's all it's yep, consensus based, but everyone has a stake in the process. Now, from the whole staking mm. perspective, do you think staking programs have almost become oligarchies? Because I have seen some governance measures designed to manipulate chains coming mm. from you know, like whale validators who somehow marshal and I've seen it happen. I've seen people I mean like the last days of Luna. Remember, like the last proposal that I, I don't think was even implemented, like it was just Do Kwan that voted it through with, you know, <laughs> his one wallet out of multiple. Right. So, yeah, that that's definitely an issue. Um, so how do I we also how do we, how do we contain pump and pumps and dumps in crypto? Oh, wow. Uh, well, the easy question and the, the answer, I mean, the easy answer and the answer that uh, people tend to float towards and the answer that 
I think a lot of our elected officials want you to believe is the only one is via regulation, right? Which yeah, you can't govern by regulation. Well, tell me how it works in TradFi, right? <laughs> you can't govern by regulation. I mean, I floated exactly. an idea once around, pardon me, I call it the ICBM, Intercontinental Blockchain Mechanism, where, let's be frank, we know who many of these bad actors are. So, can oh, yeah. we implement a global mechanism that I'm not a fan of blacklisting people, but if you're on the record and mm -hmm. you don't shady stuff, we all know who they are, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, put it the, a global registry, public registry, whatever you want to call it. You know, where if you're doing your due diligence, just run the checks the same way the SEC governs. You know, the crazy thing is we want to decentralize, but there still has to be some governance mechanism that ensures that they are consensus, not a bunch of dudes just putting rules together, right? Some mechanism yeah. in place that anyone doing business or anyone engaging with certain projects, so you can just go and check it against the registry via consensus, if everyone said this person's a bad, it's, and it's public trend, there has to be some mechanism, okay? People have amnesia, the whole issue with terror, whatever, oh, it turned out, oh, he did it before, he did it twice in the past, duh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, here we are. <laughs> right? Well, you know, like, I don't know how would the protection measures on uh, Suzu's and Kyle Davies' new exchange, GTX, are going to be. <laughs> That's another thing. But, but you know, the, the flip side, the flip side of this is like, you know, when, uh, what was it? I know DYDX blocked US users from like day one, like the IP blocked them. But um, it was a lending protocol. I want to say, I want to say Ave. I don't remember. Like, do you remember? I think it was um, midpoint of last year, or maybe even earlier, that they started blocking um, some wallet addresses, right? That were associated with something, and it people might, were in an uproar. Pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think so correctly. too. I don't remember why they were blocking them. They were like either blacklisted addresses. I don't think they were, you know, IP-based blocking. No. I don't think that was, that's what it was. But it, it was like, yeah, it was it was like close to a year ago, and people people were in an uproar because it's like, oh, but you know, it's uh, it's DeFi and it's all this. But on the other hand, it's like, but why do I need to, you know, like if we design this protocol right and we want to do it, what, what's best for the users, right? Like why should we allow, like, I'm not saying I agree with this, but on the other hand, like, I do understand them doing it. And like, we designed this protocol, it's open to everyone, but let's keep it with good actors, you know, like, like, what, what is so bad for decentralization for openness, if there are some addresses that we say, like, hey, like, we don't want you a part of this, because we don't want... Yeah, we, we, we don't want a user who's been with us uh, for, you know, the last two years or whatever, who is, I don't know, a mom and pop store, you know, I'm making this up, like a mom and pop store in San Francisco or something, who doesn't want any trouble at the end of the day. We don't want them getting USDC or USDT at the end of the day that they deposit with Binance, uh, with uh, Coinbase. And Coinbase says, well, well, we actually track this USDC that you have to like a terrorist cell, you know, in uh somewhere right yeah. like that's happened with bitcoin like i don't think people people remember that there is this concept of you know like dirty bitcoin like bitcoin that you got from a shady yeah. source and yeah. one of the like one of the early 
unique selling points of Coinbase, like back in like 2016 or 2017, it's like, they, like, no, we make sure that all the Bitcoin that we have is legit. We know, yeah. you know, you're not going to get shut down from any agency in the mm -hmm. future if you hold it. And I think people forgot about that in the last few years. It's you like, know? like it's just like crypto is crypto. It's like, not, no, not really. No, it's not no, really. No. There's crypto yeah. and there's crypto the same way in the money laundering space, there's dirty money. You know, if I'm, if, if my bank account, if I got, you know, six, seven digit transfers in, I'm getting a call. Like, yeah, you come in to do some extra KYC on this. So again, <laughs> it's like the same people who want to defund police, but when they hear a strange sound 